You're listening to Star Trek, the Undiscovered Podcast. everybody and thank you for joining us this is greg gotta make sure i introduce myself now i said last show we did that the star trek continue show was coming up in two shows well guess what last show is postponed so here is the star trek continue show and we got a great show tonight first let's introduce the regular panelists that are here and our moderator tonight because it isn't me first of all back after a long time, Mr. Dan Hulley. What's up, Dan? Hey, everybody. How is everybody this evening? Good to see you. Excellent. We're doing great. Good to see it's you. Good to be back. The guy who just said excellent hasn't been here for a while, Mr. Ken Radner. What's up, Ken? Hey, uh, guys. I'm doing great tonight. I'm really excited to be a part of this. This is like my own personal Comic-Con panel right now, and I'm freaking out. You, you said it, so let's get the show started. Big show tonight, and let's meet our moderator. You know him as one of our regular panelists, but he's moderating tonight, and you also know him from WHMI Radio. Please welcome Mr. Dan Martin. What's up, Dan? Well, thank you very much, Greg. Glad to be here and glad to have our guest, Vic Mignana, who has changed my life in ways that I can't even describe. This is the guy who has inspired so much and has brought so much fun to the world. I mean, he's the guy who made me the chief engineer of a starship. So welcome, Vic. Thank you very much for being here and thank you for being you. And you wear it well, Dan. It was yeah. great. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it's such a pleasure to join you guys. Um, thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'd like to make sure you know, Dan, this is my design. I did that. <laughs> it looks like he stole our friend Skip's shirt, but no, he said, no, he Skip, had it first. Skip yeah, stole your Skip, shirt. Skip got it from me. He's like, Can I, will you send me that, that uh, design? I'm like, sure, I will. That Skip is excellent. Tony. Well, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to join you. Yeah, I tell you what. Now, everybody is in for a treat tonight because this is the fella who brought us Star Trek Continues. For those who may not know, and if you don't know about Star Trek Continues, you have been living under not just one rock, but like three rocks and a horda. You've been living under a horda. Say, I was going to say you've been living under a horda. Yeah, you gotta watch out for those things that leap right through the rocks. That's scary oh stuff. Oh my god! But Star Trek continues has three vignettes. They're short vignettes that introduce you to the cast, and then you've got eleven full-length episodes of Star Trek, and you are falling right into the original series when you watch this. You watch this, and it's like you have found lost tapes of the original series, and. How did you come up with this, Vic? This is just some of the greatest Star Trek ever. Best scripts, 
amazing cast, lighting sets, everything under the sun. It's like you're really watching the real stuff. And I'm yapping too much. How did you come up with it? No, thank you so much. You know, you guys, I will never, I will never cease to be humbled by how people have responded so positively to what we did. Um, I, uh, I have loved Star Trek since I was nine years old. I'm one of the millions of people that grew up watching that show as a little boy and imagining myself being Captain Kirk or making my own little phasers and communicators out of balsa wood and electrician's tape and cardboard and and uh, making my own uniforms. And then fast forward, in fact, a lot of the things that I, I started doing for the first time because of Star Trek, like acting or filmmaking or production work or sets or uh, makeup or costumes, um, I ended up doing on, you know, taking it to a more professional level later in my life. Um, Several decades later, after I had fallen in love with Star Trek, I was invited to be a part of some fan productions. And uh, I had, um, you know, my Star Trek fandom had kind of taken a backseat, you know, uh, as as happens often, you you know, it's life hard to fathom over. you having that fall into a backseat mode. Oh, because it's you know so what? Front seat now. It's the truth, man. I. I I kind of moved on with my life and then uh and then somebody invited me to be a part of a fan production and uh you know I can't I can't say it in any in any clear way except it just reignited that love that I had for that show. Uh and so I started uh getting involved in more fan productions but because of my background in film and editing and and directing and acting and all of that. Um, My immediate takeaway from a lot of these other fan productions was, and this is no offense, it just is what it is. My immediate takeaway was, wow, this could be done so much better. If, If somebody did it who knew how to craft good lighting and good camera angles and a good story. And if you have a good story, you've got to have good actors to tell the story. And then somebody who knows how to edit that footage together in a compelling and interesting way. And then somebody who knows how to choose the right music cues and so many things that go into making uh, a, a solid production. And so, uh, I decided that I wanted to make one episode where I got to fulfill my childhood dream of playing Captain Kirk. And uh, so I I wrote the story and uh, got a bunch of people together and uh, rented a building in South Georgia and proceeded to build all the sets and really only intended to make one episode. And uh, after we made the first episode and we released it, not really knowing how anyone would respond to it, we were all very pleasantly surprised that it was received very well. And uh, so we then launched crowdfunding campaigns. Uh, I funded the lion's share of the first episode, the vignettes and the first episode. 
And then after we finished the first episode, now we had a, a proof of concept. Now we had a concrete example of what we could do if people wanted to, wanted us to do more. And, and they, you had Michael uh, Forrest in that first episode, the original yes. Apollo. Yes. I met, him, I met him for lunch in, uh, in studio city. And I told him that I had an Apollo redemption story and he was intrigued by that. And I uh, told him my idea and he loved it. And so, uh, you know, we flew everybody down and shot our first episode. And then it was when it was received really well, we started launching crowdfunding campaigns. We launched our first one to make episodes two, three, and four. Then we launched another one to make five, six, and seven. And then we launched one more to make eight, nine, 10, and 11. And uh, we did what we set out to do. And that was finish, pick up where the original series was canceled and finish excuse me, finished the five-year mission of the Enterprise. And, and folks, uh, they really did pick up where the original series ended. They did a closing scene for the Janice Lester story in that first vignette. The first one I ever saw was Happy Birthday, Scotty. <laughs> and you have the legendary James Doohan's son, Chris Doohan, playing Scotty, which has for decades been my favorite character, but I gotta say, for the last, oh, probably the last 10 years, Scotty's been tied with Captain Kirk for some reason. I don't know why. Don't so know why. I would say that there might be a special reason for that. But yeah, Scotty and Kirk, and I, you know, every character is just perfectly cast, perfectly portrayed, and especially well-written, and that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that's the most important part of Star Trek. You know, when when we talk about why, why, why is this little TV show from 60 years ago still so topical, still so beloved? Well, the answer is obvious, and it's not the costumes. <laughs> it's, it's I not love the, the costumes, especially the red shirts. It's not the special effects. It's not the sets. It was the storytelling that was uh, that was just as relevant then as it is now. And uh, when I started Star Trek Continues, my my foundational intention, I told everybody my my foundational plan was to tell compelling stories. Was to find good moral morality plays, ethical questions, moral dilemmas, social issues, and write stories, craft stories, just like the original series did. And it and, makes uh, you cry and smile just like the original series. Folks, watch The White Iris. You will not have a dry eye. Uh, there's just so many good stories. They are among my favorite Star Trek episode. They're original series episodes. I, I can't you. separate it. I love you. It's Thank just you. breathtakingly awesome Star Trek. Well, and you know, when you consider that nobody made any money, you know, if you were to, uh, you know, to produce any kind of a project in uh, LA or anywhere, the first question would be, 
well, how much am I going to get paid? <laughs> how much are we going to make from this? How much is this project going to going to net us? You know, can we turn a profit for the money we put into it? Well, that was never the the goal with Star Trek Continues. It was an understood uh, from the very beginning. It was understood that there was no money to be made. Any dollar we raised was going to go into the production of the series and the hard costs involved with building sets. You've got lumber costs and paint and carpeting and then uh, camera equipment costs and then flight costs for everybody to come down. You got to feed everybody every day. So they many good restaurants in that town. I know, right? But um, <laughs> there are there are hard costs involved, but every single person... Every single person from the from the lowest to the highest, even our guest stars, understood that there was not a payday involved. in This, this was pure labor of love, pure passion project. And you can see it. You can see it in every frame how much people cared about it. You look at the lighting. You listen to the sound. It's been 10 years and I still can't get over it when I put it on, especially uh, for our listeners. Get yourself a CRT, a cathode ray tube. Put the DVD in. You can burn your own DVDs from the Star Trek Continues website. Yes. Watch that on a vintage TV. You will lose your mind. Have you done that, Dan? Oh, yeah. I've got it in the basement. I've got it on a CRT. And I've it, never done that. <laughs> dude, it's legendary. We should get a CRT from some like used store in uh, Kingsland and put one and watch it that way at the studio because oh, wow. it really tickles you when you watch it on a TV and you get kind of the flutter. It's like, oh, wait a minute, you know, because you typically Star Trek was on, you know, once it got into reruns, it was UHF stations. So they were a little fuzzy, not the strongest signals. And, uh, Yep. You really feel it. And then when you watch, there's an episode that they shot with black and white. You got to tell us that story, Vic, because a lot of people got their first taste of Star Trek in black and white. How did you come up with that concept? And you know what? That is exactly, exactly how we came up with that concept. I was, uh, I'll never forget it. I was at O'Hare Airport in Chicago. I was on my way back to LA. I'd done an, uh, an autograph signing at a Comic-Con somewhere. And I was in, I was in the, the, uh, the United Club in Chicago. And I was talking to James Kerwin, who was one of our producers on Star Trek Continues. I think we were talking about, you know, some, some episode or post-production on something. And we were talking about how when we first discovered Star Trek. And I mentioned that I first discovered Star Trek watching it on a little black and white 19 inch television in 1970 when my parents had just divorced and my mom and I moved into a little apartment. We didn't even have a, a table to put the television on. It, it sat on the floor in the living room and I would lay on the floor and watch Star Trek every day after television, uh, after school. And uh, and James said at that point in the conversation, James said, yeah, you know, a lot of people's first experience with Star Trek was in black and white. To which I said, wouldn't it be cool to come up with a story-driven reason 
for why we presented an episode in black and white. I mean, the nostalgia of it would be so cool. And he and I started kicking around ideas and we came up with this story about a planet that's very isolationist and uh, and the uh, the Enterprise goes there and when they beam down, they find that they can't see color. It's all monochromatic and it's because of some kind of a of a radiation canopy around the planet that blocks certain color spectrum. And, uh, and of course it became a very, and this was, by the way, this happened during the period, uh, during Trump's presidency, when the immigration and the wall and, uh, and trying to, uh, trying to put a, a curb on illegal immigration was in the news. And that was big, you know, that was big, that was the big story of the day. And so we did what Star Trek did best. We, we crafted a story that addressed the idea of immigration and uh, borders and all of that. And then we asked Kipley Brown, the lovely Kipley Brown, who, who was a, a character in our series, uh, she wanted to take a stab at turning our story idea into a screenplay. And so Excellent we let her take play. a shot at it. And man, she knocked it out of the park. And the brilliant thing with, with the episodes, each one that tackles an issue, is it tackles it down the center. You get to see both sides of it. And I really have always been impressed with that. I yes. think that's a really fine line. And it was done so well. And the guest stars in that episode are off the hook. Yeah. Yeah. John Delancey, the one and only Q, uh, he and I had become friends from doing um, Comic-Cons together. We had the same booking agent. We used to share our car to the airport in LAX several times and sit in the back and chat and stuff on the way there. I would take a car to his, I would drive to his house and then he and I would call an, an Uber and go to the airport together. Um, love John Delancey. And when this came up, when this story idea came up, um, I reached out to him and asked him if if he might be interested in doing it. And he said, well, send me the script. Let me take a look at the story. And uh, as a quality creative artist that he is, he read the story. He loved the story. And so he agreed to do it. And then we got Anne, Anne Lockhart, Lockhart the original Battlestar Galactica to uh, play his wife. And then we got the amazingly talented um, Elizabeth Maxwell, a voice actor friend of mine, to play Sakara. Um, brought in Lex Lang and Sandy Fox, um, who are also voice actor friends of mine, to be on the council uh, of, the, uh, of the planet. And uh, just had an amazing, amazing experience with and one of my favorite lines of Star Trek ever comes from. And I mean, all this here comes. What a fortunate man I am to be able to call my friend, my wife. It's like, whoa, yes, I'm living that. So yes. yeah, every time I hear that line. Yep. yep. Yeah, that episode was full of so many great. I mean, so many great lines. Kipley, I didn't even know Kipley was a writer. And James called me one day and said, Kipley would like, a like to take a shot at turning our story idea into a screenplay. 
Yeah, folks will know her as Smith. And the first time she shows up is in the Mirror episode. Yes. And wow, she does a great job. And she expands on what was a very minor character in a single episode and brings such life to that character. We get to know her so much better and how she ends up back on the ship. Everything. So cool. Yes, yes. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours and hours about all of the amazing, dare I use the word, providential uh, elements of Star Trek Continues. So many things and people and opportunities that just fell right into place so beautifully. Um, it was uh, it was very provident. It was a very providential series in my mind. And one of the things we should mention for listeners, you've talked a couple of times here about the uh, Comic Cons and autograph sessions and stuff like that. Uh, folks, if you aren't familiar with Vic's other work, this guy's done some cool stuff. Tell us what you have done besides Star Trek, because you've got a resume like nobody's business. Well, I uh, thank you for saying that, Dan. I um, for a little over 20 years, I've been voice acting. Uh, I've been a voice actor for over 400 different animated series and video games. Uh, a lot of Japanese anime, which, of course, when I started was very much of a little small niche culture. But then over the years, it has grown into a very mainstream uh, business. And um, I've been a part of a been I've had the privilege to be a part of a lot of popular series like Dragon Ball, Full Metal Alchemist, um, One Piece, Bleach, Naruto, Pokemon, Digimon. Uh, the list is long very long um, so i would say is the most famous character broly it's hard to say dragon ball is probably the most universally recognized series because it you know it's been around for a long time and broly i played in that series but i would say full metal alchemist is probably uh the 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 character that that i love the most and that i I uh, I feel like was probably the best thing that I did as a voice actor. Excellent. Yeah, so many things. When you go to his IMDb, it's just like, wow. Oh, that was him too. I, I yeah, love that the, kind uh, of stuff. Every time continue. I'm watching a movie, I always end up going to IMDb and, and looking. That's where I know that person from. That's where I, and right. it's like, <laughs> right. It's like, wow, you can't watch TV now without going and looking. Where do I know them from? I've seen that person's face. They sound familiar. Uh, another one like that is Doug Jones. You, he's yes. Everything. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And yes. I can see Radner in our in our Zoom going, yeah, Doug Jones. He's, Love, he's, he's so Doug good. Jones. Love Doug Jones. I saw so him at the Con on Long well, Island. We've got so a many guys ago. on the on the show here, Holly and Radner and Greg, and I'm sure they're all chomping at the bit. I've talked to talked to you a number of times, Vic, but these guys have their own questions of everything about guest stars, scripts, music, lots of guys, lots of questions Bring it from on. these guys. Bring it on. I can I'm happy to answer any question. Holly, do you have a question first? I can see you sitting there. Uh, He's no got the blank look. Um, Maybe Radner's I do, going I do for it. The blank look. Oh, I'm man. just enjoying I tell listening you what, to you, you know, talk While you and... guys are for because when we were talking in pre-production about this show, everybody was like, I got to ask this, I got to ask that. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, make sure you do. 
And then you get to that moment when you're in the show, and I've, I've done live radio and stuff and live TV and that. You get to that moment, and it's like, oh, what was I going to ask? That's why I always carry a yellow notepad. <laughs> I, I just went to Staples today again and got another 20-pack of yellow notepads for my radio show on Livingston County Zone 93.5 WHMI. And you can check it out at WHMI.com. Yes, I'm a ham. Wow. If anybody's a ham, we're all hams here because we just love being on the mic and doing stuff like that. And uh, so we've talked about Star Trek Continues, but you directed something in February that is near and dear to my heart. While these guys are formulating their questions, you've got to tell folks about what is coming up. Yeah, in fact, you know, you'll be very interested in knowing, Dan, that I just locked the picture today locked picture for uh, a fan film that i directed and dan starred in called the lost starship um i won't tell you what what starship and why it's lost and any of the details hopefully the uh the title is intriguing enough but um but we shot uh we shot a short film that was written by brian peterson a friend and an author that i've done a couple of audiobooks for and uh, had a great time, great cast. Uh, it turned out really, really good. I'm very, very proud of this. Um, I think people are really, really going to love it. Now, we can tell folks that it's on a Constitution-class starship because it was shot in Kingsland, Georgia, but that's about all we're going to say. Yes. Leave the rest up to your imagination. Because Constitution-class starships will always be my favorites. Absolutely. Mine too. Galaxies are nice, you know, ambassadors are nice, but nothing. Yeah, 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 they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and uh, when does it look like it's going to be coming out? Well, we are in post-production right now, but I've finished the edit and I am waiting. I've got all the previs uh, effect shots in place and, uh, We've gotten most of the final VFX shots that I've put in place. There are, I believe, three um, VFX shots, the big ones, toward the end that we're still waiting on. But we have the previs version of those shots. So uh, it doesn't hold us up. We have shots in place, you know, placeholders. So you can see the length of them as right. you're editing and, can, and, and the and the, and the and the sound guy can see what's happening in the shot. Um, I am going, I've done all the ADR and uh, made final adjustments to everything. And I'm getting ready to send the audio tracks to our sound guy to start doing the sound design. Now, is that Ralph? Yes. Uh, Ralph Miller, who was our sound design and sound supervisor for Star Trek Continues, he's about the best there is, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, he's going to be working on that. And uh, Josh Irwin, our director of photography, oh, is going to be working so on uh, yes, is going to be working on the color grading and the green screen replacements and the beam outs and those little things. And uh, and I will be working on music. And uh, once we get the sound design finished, stereo sound design back from Ralph and Josh has the finished graded picture with uh, with the all the finished final VFX shots. I will put my music in. We mix and release. 
That's just going to be legendary because, you know, it's so interesting. I had never seen the closest thing I'd ever seen was, you know, regular local TV newscasts or, you know, fundraisers for PBS that I had worked on and, and cable. But to see something like a full Star Trek shot, how the lighting works, how the cameras work, that it is something to behold. There's and I'll tell you, so Dan, you were there. You were there when we shot everything, and I can't wait for you to see how it comes together. It it came together so beautifully. Um, I'm very, very, very proud of this. Um, very, very proud of it. Just being there and being involved in it, it's it has given me more confidence than I have had since I was in my 20s. Hmm. I got my job at WHMI, the FM station, because I had enough confidence to apply elsewhere. I'd been at the same AM station for decades, uh, doing the same basic thing, and you gave me the confidence to go out there and say, I can handle the job interview, and I really love that. It's just... It's so uplifting you being a part of something like that. You did a wonderful job too, Dan. I cannot wait for all of your friends here to see what an amazing job you did. I appreciate um, that so much. You're just going to love it. You're going to be something to be very proud of. And uh, so, guys, I see you up there across the top bar there. Have you formulated your questions? Did you get out your yellow notepads? Oh, Greg's got a thumbs up there. Yes. Um, of, of course, the purpose of this episode was to inform people who didn't know about Star Trek Continues to let them know that it's out there. I got to say, I when I, I finally looked at this series. So the first thing I want to say to you, Vic, is 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 wow. And and just comment on, you know, you really feel the heart and the love of Star Trek in that show. And, and it really is like a fourth season of of star trek fifth if one wanted to count the animated series um and another thing it's it's almost like it's it was kismet in the sense of the the other clues and easter eggs that you put in the show that was you know next generation references like having the first ship's counselor and yes. an episode in which the borg was referenced and things like yeah. that and a holodeck well, one of the things, experimental holodeck, yes, the holodeck. Oh, i love the holodeck <laughs> moment <laughs> In the, in the very first episode, yes, the the when we see the holiday, it was just amazing Have stuff. Will travel, and um, so my question is: I, one of the things that floored me on this series was is your performance as as Captain Kirk. So my question was: as you're very welcome, what Bill thought of your performance, um, <laughs> and, and what he what he thinks of the show? Well. <laughs> you know what i i gotta tell you the answer is short and sweet who knows <laughs> that's the, that's the answer i i don't know i i will tell you this i will tell you that i've known bill for several years and we've become good friends and i purposefully never even spoke the words star trek to him because I did not want him to think I was just another crazy fan that he's dealt with for 50 years. So we did dozens 
of signing events together. We had the same booking agent, Gary Hassan. We, uh, we hung out, we've had dinner, hung out, gone to Dubai together for the Middle East Film and Comic-Con, done several things together. And I love him like a fa the father I never had. But I never told him about what we were doing. Um, wow. and then, and then when, uh, when it did come up, actually it was his wife that brought it up at dinner in Dubai one night. Ah, uh, um, Radner's got his shot of bill. When, uh, when his wife brought it up, I was, I showed his wife some pictures from our series and she said out loud, Oh my God, you look just like young Bill. And the moment Bill heard her say that, he was like, <laughs> let me see, let me see. <laughs> so he took the phone and looked at it. And as he was looking at the pictures, I knelt down beside him and I put my arm around his shoulder and I said, this was all for you and the others that gave us this thing that inspired millions. And he put his arm around my shoulder and looked at me and said, that's extraordinary. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from that point on, he, I'm sure he's heard about it and seen it from tons of fans who've made him aware of it. But I, you know, I don't know. He even tells, I'm sure you guys, have heard him say this in Q and a sessions. Um, he never really watched his own work. Um, I don't know if that's true or not, but if he didn't watch his own work, I highly doubt he would watch mine. So. <laughs> that's always an interesting thing. When I hear actors talk about not watching their own stuff, even after a radio show, I go back through the air check to review it, to see if I can improve anything. I always yeah, double check. I have a it's hard time. I'm paranoid. I really have a hard time understanding that because first of all, I want to see my work. I want to see, and, and most importantly, I want to see it to see how it comes across. Yeah. I want to see whether or not what I did came through in the performance whether my desire to communicate a particular emotion or a particular attitude, whether or not it came across. I, I want to know, especially something as close to my heart as Star Trek. And when you're playing your childhood hero, not to mention the fact that I was the exact producer of the show and I edited all the episodes. Yeah, you're going to see it countless yeah, times. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I've got to watch it. And, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know how you could put as much of yourself into something and not want to see how it came out. Yeah. It, that I can't wrap my head around that, but I've heard a number of the old school actors talk about that. They, oh, I never watched my stuff. I did it. I went home and, you know, I went on, <laughs> I watched something else or, or they didn't. Well, watch I know John Delancey is not one of those because when I finished the edit, when we finished what ships are for, that's our ninth episode. Before we premiered it, before we released it in public, John invited us all over to his house for a pizza party and to watch the episode. 
And we all got over there. And by that, I mean the cast that lived in, in LA at the time. And uh, we went over to his house and guess who was cooking pizzas in his brick oven outdoors? <laughs> uh, Bob Picardo. Bob Picardo. <laughs> now, does he make a mean pizza? He does. He's a good, he's a good Italian boy like me. He, uh, he was cooking the pizzas and, uh, and John had a big television outside on the patio and we brought the disc and, and, uh, sat around eating pizza out in John Delancey's patio, watching episode nine before it was released to the public. There is nothing better than pizza and Star Trek, but, Maybe and, pizza, and Star Trek and karaoke in the same day. Oh that's, yes, that, that's a trilogy right there. That's two episodes in a row. Last, last episode, we found out Grace Lee Whitney made the best spaghetti and meatballs. Now we've learned really? that Robert Picardo made great uh, uh, pizza. A, yeah, a damn good pizza pie. Yeah, our previous guest uh, Steve was talking about having dinner with Grace Lee Whitney and the Doans, and he said her spaghetti and meatballs off the hook. Very, very good stuff. Oh, yummy, yummy. I'm the really Italian, getting hungry. The Italian in me, <laughs> the Italian in me is salivating right now. Oh, good. Chad, stuff. I know I mean, you had questions. What's interesting yeah, is, right. you know, how much fun it is for casts to get together after the production and eat, to break bread, and to bond. And pizza is one of those bonding foods that uh, the whole cast of our fan production. The uh, Lost Starship was able to get together and have fun with pizza. Yeah, we sure did. That was great, and that was some. Those were some of my favorite moments from Star Trek Continues as well. You know, usually if you spend all day working really hard and focusing on getting the job done, by the end of the day, you are sick of these people, and you want to go back to your hotel, maybe get something to eat, and then go back to your hotel and and decompress and chill out. But every day of every episode, when we finished shooting an eight, 10 hour day, as we were on our last shot, somebody would come around and say, okay, where are we going tonight? Where are we eating tonight? And the word would be dis disseminated to everybody on the cast and crew. We're going to Applebee's tonight. We're going to Longhorn tonight. We're going to Wasabi tonight. We're going to- Oh, Wasabi is so good. Oh yeah. And we would just descend en masse on these restaurants, 30 or 40 of us. And we would hang out at the restaurant and eat dinner together and enjoy time together. And then we'd go back to the hotel and smoke cigars and, and have drinks and stuff. I mean, it was just a wonderful experience on set and off set. And you can see that stuff, folks. Go to the special features. If you burn the discs or on YouTube, there's so much stuff where you can see that these folks love each other. There's yeah. so much fun, so much camaraderie. Yeah. And when you see that, it makes you love the characterizations and the episodes even more. The behind the scenes stuff is just brilliant. Yeah, you know, most fan productions, and I can I can say this with great confidence because I've worked on several of them. Most fan productions have a pretty significant amount of attrition. Most fan productions, if they do more than one or two episodes, they have people that fall away and they have to replace them. They have four Sulus and three Ahuras and two Chekhovs and three Spocks. And 
And, uh, you know, the, the, the faces change from every episode. And I'm very, very proud of the fact that Star Trek Continues had extremely limited attrition. And that was due to health, wasn't it? We, pardon me? And the only real major one was due to health, wasn't it? Well, the, the only one on camera was Dr. McCoy. Uh, and that was because Chuck Huber was always supposed to play Dr. McCoy. He was Dr. McCoy in the vignettes. He's he was supposed to be McCoy. Dr. McCoy. Yeah, he was great. Um, and at the last minute, he had an emergency and he could not make it for the first and second episodes. But um, apart from McCoy, the cast remains the same. And there were, I think, probably I could count on one hand the number of crew people, behind the scenes, production people that that left the series. And they either left on their own accord or I replaced them because their heart was not in the right place. You know, when you have a production of this scale with 30 or 40 people on set, invariably you're going to have some people that are not a good fit. You're going to find out that you've got people that are kind of there for their own reasons and their own agenda and you have to make the hard call and say, look, thank you, but God bless you, you know, take off. We we're going to. What's really cool is a number of them are still there working on the films that are being produced. Now you've got a lot of the same sound people, a lot of the same lighting people. You've got so many people that are still there at neutral zone studios and still giving it their all it's really an um, it's a magical place when you walk in there now every time i go down i'm going to the ship but i know i'm going to the studio too because <laughs> the, the crew of the studio is just as beloved as the crew of the starship enterprise and it's a it's a magical wonderful place yeah most of the people that live locally or are within a couple of hours of the studio still love to come down and be a part of whatever's being done there. Um, a lot of the people from Star Trek Continues flew in from out of town. Uh, a lot of us lived in LA at the time. Uh, Matt Busey, our director of photographer, lived in Vermont. Uh, several of our, of our production people lived all over the place. And we would all come together from all over the country for that eight or nine days and shoot an episode. Um, so there aren't a lot of the our Star Trek continues production people that are still involved down Dan there. Dan Scanlon would be one from all the way back at the beginning, right? And yes. he does uh, sound and microphones and stuff like that. Yes. And Dan uh, Scanlon, Sam Rooks, um, some of the local people down there that have been a part of our production continue to to help out and be a part. Yes, it's just Absolutely. wonderful, wonderful crew. Okay, I see the other guys across the top here in this silent Who's got a moment. question? Where are those questions, guys? I see Greg smiling. Oh, Radner's got his finger up. All right, so first of all, Captain, thank you very much for <laughs> speaking with us. This, this oh, is, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm still really not even believing that this is happening right now. Um, so... I went over everything um, a few times with the entire series. The production value is as professional as 
you could ever want. I, I couldn't believe how just the effects were so ridiculous. The costumes were on point. Just all the sets, everything was so um, series accurate. It, w- it, yeah. was, it, was, it was almost indistinguishable, and it, sometimes it was indistinguishable. It was incredibly impressive, and no matter how many times I went over it, I go, I can't believe I'm watching this right now. Like it was, it was just, just like the, just incredibly impressive, and just the idea that you could still make the same beats that they would have in the original series, hitting those moral points. I mean, the the la- I mean, the last two episodes were, you know, almost in a sense, final battlefield to a certain degree. But it took it to another level. And I just like the whole idea of that, you know, the sun's radiation affected, you know, your optical nerve. So now it's it was it was such a great explanation. It, it I is, just it was love just... watching people talk about it the first time. Just looking at your face, Ken, is like when you see somebody walk onto the bridge for the first time. There's a great yeah. joy in this moment. Yes, yes. yes. Yes, it's it's a catharsis for other people too because you get to see for the first time you get that vicarious living it through. And I knew once I saw it, I go, I can't believe this. What am I watching right now? And just <laughs> the idea that just just the people that you got in. I mean, you got you got Michael Dorn to be a computer voice and Marina Sirtis to be in it, and then Aaron Gray. You got Aaron Gray. To show, I, so I mean, good. once I saw that, I was like, no, is that Aaron Gray right now? And then, and then Lou Ferrigno, come on, we're like, what are you doing right now? But <laughs> in in the it best just performance like, I ever saw, Lou Ferrigno in was in that. It just it kept destroying. Like it. every episode I would watch, I would see. I go, oh my, I can't. Oh my God, you got. It was just it it, it, it like it drove me crazy. If I had hair, I'd be tearing it out of my head. <laughs> but, um, the 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 one thing um i i do have to ask and and i'm sorry if it brings a a, a heavy uh atmosphere to it but can you tell me a good story about grant imahara yeah um grant and i became friends we met at dragon con Several years ago, I was a, a signing guest there, and he and Carrie uh, from Mythbusters were guests there. And the three of us were judges for the cosplay contest. So we sat at this big long table together, and of course, through the course of the night, we're joking around and you know, and and uh, becoming friends. And then several months later, I went to a party in L.A. And Grant was at the party. And I'm like, dude, Grant, how are you, buddy? And it had been the first time since I'd seen him since uh, Dragon Con. And we were talking about what we were up to lately. And I said, hey, man, want to see something fun? Were you a Star Trek fan? And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yes. So I pulled up some pictures on my phone of the sets that we were building. And he said, oh, my gosh, Wow. And as he was looking at the pictures on my phone, I was looking at him. Another light bulb over your head. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I haven't cast Sulu yet. I asked him if he'd like to do it. He said yes. And every time 
he came down. I mean, he was one of the kindest, friendliest people I've ever known. He not only participated and did a wonderful job playing Sulu, but because of his incredible expertise in electronics and building things, um, he worked on several things behind the scenes. Um, he called me one day. This is a fun story I love to tell about Grant. Uh, we were building the transporter room. And we knew that we needed to cut holes out of the platform so that you could light the, the pads from underneath. But we, we didn't have anything yet to put under, to put there to stand on that would support the weight of somebody and yet still allow the light to come through. And of course, this is before we even shot our first episode. And Grant called me one day and he said, hey, man, um, I think I may have a solution for the transporter pads. He said, I work on this TV show called Robot Wars. And he said, our, our entire arena is surrounded by like inch thick plexiglass panels to protect the audience, right? If parts go flying or whatever. The precursor to transparent aluminum. Exactly. And he said, we're getting ready to replace some of those panels because they're all scratched up and nicked up. And he said, why don't I, he said, why don't I cut them into 24 by 24 squares? And then we can mount them from underneath from the underside of the platform. And then of course the, the lens, the Fresnel lens that you stand on would go on top of it. And then they would be strong enough to support the weight of anybody, even Lou Ferrigno, but they would allow the light to come through from underneath. And that's exactly what we did. He cut those. I met him in a parking lot. I'll never forget it. <laughs> We met for lunch by Burbank <laughs> Airport, and then I and then I backed up by his car and put these six 24 by 24 squares of inch thick plexiglass. And by the way, guys, they were freaking heavy. I can imagine. And I took those to a shipping place and boxed them up safely and shipped them to Kingsland, Georgia. And then went down there and we installed them uh, in the under, under the transporter platform. And that's, that's what we've got down there now. Grant was uh, one of the kindest, coolest, most easygoing people I know. Just absolutely. Thank you. Sad to hear, you know, what had happened. Yeah. But uh, yeah. what a legacy. Yeah, for sure. And he's immortalized, you know, not just in Mythbusters, but in Star Trek continues, you know, for years after we're long gone, people are going to be watching those episodes, you know, and there'll be Grant. And yeah. what, what was his, uh, what did he do for R2-D2? What was exactly his position on the, on his work on R2-D2? I don't know whether that, that was probably the prequel trilogy. That I, he think worked so. on R2? I think so. Yeah, I think it was probably for the prequels. 
Uh, I don't know specifically what he did. Um, he probably worked on a lot of the um, electronics because I don't know if you saw a video that he posted uh, back when, 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 when that came out and he had, he was building his own BB-8. He built his own BB-8 with the gyro in it that would roll and, and he could radio control it and everything. And he was just a genius at electronics and, and building things like that. So cool. It's such a loss. Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that's one of those moments, you know, in any conversation about Star Trek Continues where when you talk about Grant, it just gets, you, you have to pause. You just have to pause. Such a special thing. Yeah. But, I'm, but you, yeah, you know. Yeah. 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 Well, you're right. His legacy does live on and it's a joy to watch him. And his his portrayal of Sulu. What what I realize all of you guys in, embodied and honored the work of the original actors while still doing your own thing, bringing extra layers to them, which you know is what? very very I, special. And yeah, you know, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that because when I cast everyone, I told them, look, we don't need Spock recreated. Leonard Nimoy did a fine job creating the character of Mr. Spock. I don't want your version of Spock. I want Leonard Nimoy's version of Spock. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one Captain Kirk and it's Bill Shatner. So my intention was to honor Bill Shatner. And I told everybody this. I want the audience to feel like if they can squint their eyes so they you know, apart from the physical facial differences, I want them to feel like they're watching a continuation of those characters. Hey, that take your glasses always... off and watch it on an NTSC TV. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it many times. Yeah, well, I mean, you would Kim completely see it that way if it wasn't for a certain version of Sabotage. <laughs> Now, that's one of the things that you've brought up on the tours is uh, on, on the walkthroughs is when you would have folks stop you and say you're getting to Bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I wanted to be very careful not to do a satire or a parody of, uh, of, you know, that's become such a stereotype. And I don't like that. Uh, I love Bill, so I certainly would never want to do something that seemed like I was doing a parody. And so I would take Scotty Whitehurst off to the side before we shot anything. And I, Scotty Whitehurst was our first AD. And I would say, Scotty, if you see me doing too much stereotypical Shatner, um, let me know. And, and he's brilliant on screen, too in the episode that takes place in the civil war. So yeah, folks, he watch played, for Scotty uh, Whitehurst in that. Yeah. He's a great little actor, but he, and there were more than one time when we would finish a take and he would come up to me and say, uh, I think that might've been a little close to the line of too much Shatner. And I would turn right around and go, okay, let's do it again. And I would try to back it off. Uh, after a while, you know, it, it wasn't as much of a problem, but early on, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't 
satirizing that that stereotype of Shatner. And that comes through. And that's what's so amazing about Star Trek Continues. And yes, there's been other fan productions. I've seen some. I can't emphasize to the listeners enough that if you see Star Trek Continues, you will feel the love, you will feel the honor. And uh, if anything, the tribute to the original actors, Bill included. Yes, that was what we were going for with every single thing we did. Uh, it w- our, our desire was to make people feel like they could get the finality and the closure and the completion of this iconic television series that they never got. Uh, and, and, that talk- meant, and that meant not making the special effects better or fancier, make them look like the original series. Not changing uniforms and sets and music, but continuing where they left off. That was the intention from the very beginning. And that's why you've got the same fabrics as the third season. Yes, exactly. And when we when we talk about uh, continuing the series and coming to that culmination, you get to that two-part final episode and you've got some amazing guest stars in that one as well folks i thought i was seeing the original actress from the romulan commander but it's her daughter tell us a little bit about that well joanne linville played the romulan commander in the third season episode enterprise incident And uh, we wanted to bring that character back. And so I started looking all through casting agencies in LA for somebody that looked like her. And I encountered the same problem that I encountered with uh, Barbara Luna. There just isn't anybody for her too. Yeah. There just isn't anybody that looked like her. And as I was trying to find someone I think it was Julian Higgins who called me one day and said, you know, Joanne Linville has a daughter and she's on Facebook. And I looked her up and I thought, she looks kind of like her mom and she is her daughter. So that's a big plus anyway. So I reached out to her on Facebook and I asked her if she had any acting experience because that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter if you look just like somebody, if you can't act your way out of a paper bag. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) somebody could come on screen that looks just like another actor. And at first you're like, oh my gosh, it looks just like her. But if the person can't act, you're going to get really bored very quickly. And suddenly two minutes later, it's not going to matter that they look a lot like the character if they can't carry the the role. So I met her for lunch, lovely lady. We hit it off. She she agreed to do it. And of course, when she got to set and got in full makeup and hair and ears and wardrobe, the transformation was unbelievable. And then she sent her sibling a picture. (laughs) Yes. Yes, she sent her brother a picture of her on our planet set 
And her brother wrote her back and said, I've never seen that picture of mom. Where did that come from? <laughs> I love that story. I can hear it a million times. I just, I totally picture that. And by the way, she used to tell, she told me in the weeks leading up to shooting the episode, she was, her mother was working with her on the lines. Like she sat down and worked with her mother to try to, to try to get, into that character oh, as wonderful. best she could with the original actors who played the role. That is outstanding. I can't thank you enough for being here today. It has My been pleasure, a gentlemen. treat, absolutely a joy. And I can see it in the faces of my fellow podcast friends here that they've been tickled pink to have the captain right here on our podcast as well. Cause you will always be, the captain of the enterprise as oh. well as a friend a director and just a kind soul thank you dan and you guys this is like christmas for me because i i love talking about our series and i really really am so deeply gratified to hear from other people that enjoyed it and uh, so thank you for all of your kind words um, i know i speak for the entire cast and crew when i say we uh, we are so grateful and so blessed and honored and humbled that so many have enjoyed what we've done. It was so much fun to watch it over and over again. You got to give folks a place where they can see you, where they can reach you. I know you've got um, a lot of social media presence. Where can folks find you? Where can folks well, find Star Trek um, Continues? As if well? you have not seen Star Trek Continues, you can go straight to Star Trek continues.com can be perfect. Star Trek continues.com. It's on YouTube as well, but you can go straight to our website, click on the view screen when it comes up and it will open up the portal and you can watch all 11 episodes for free. You can download our, our episodes and burn your own DVDs and Blu-rays. You can even download the artwork that I did for the inserts of the Blu-rays and DVDs. You can download t-shirt designs you can download our scripts you can watch all the behind the scenes and the making of and the blooper reels it's all there and it's all free so that's where you can see star trek continues uh as for me uh follow me on twitter i have a lot of event appearances coming up i'll be doing a lot of autograph signings around the country and i would love to see as many of you as possible anywhere, anytime. So if you keep an eye on my social media, you'll see announcements for where I'm going to be this weekend. I'm going to be doing a show in New Jersey. Uh, this coming Saturday, uh, I will be at Collector Fest in Wayne, New Jersey. So uh, keep an eye on my social media and you'll see announcements for where I'm going to be different places. And if folks can't get out to see you, there's Cameo. You can do stuff on Cameo and all kinds of fun things. Yes. If you don't know about Cameo, it's a service where you can order a personalized video message from any number of celebrities, uh, social media influencers, uh, voice actors, different people, athletes. There are an awful lot of people on Cameo and you can order a personalized video for yourself or a friend. Uh, could be a birthday message, could be a graduation message could just be a word of encouragement through a difficult time. Could be anything. 
Um, so check that out. Cameo.com. Just type in my name. So lots of great ways to get involved and be a part of this. And uh, we just can't thank you enough. So, Greg, I imagine you've yes. got some final words here because this whole podcast is your brainchild. I really am glad you allowed me to take the helm today, uh, which is weird because normally I sit at the engineering station, but I took the helm today. <laughs> you wear many hats. Well, DJ Nick takes the engineering station on the podcast. I take the yes, engineering station on the Starship. Well, I I certainly second that, Vic. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I'm sure I speak for, for uh, in fact, I know I speak for Ken and Holly as well, uh, in appreciating you coming on. Uh, and I think, I think uh, next film, your next film, even if it's a walk-on or a, a red shirt sitting in the, uh, in the, in the mess hall, uh, Holly and Rad and myself would be happy to fly to Kingsland, Georgia to Come appear. Come on down. Uh, yeah. Have you, guys been, to, have you, you guys been to the studio yet? <laughs> have you guys I been have to the not. I want you guys oh all God. to go. Well, listen up, everybody. And your listeners and viewers as well. Neutralzonestudios.com. We just selected the dates for the new upcoming fan appreciation weekends. We are currently taking a break off because it gets too hot down there during the summer but we are going we just chose the dates starting back up in september one weekend a month september october november december january february march april we've got dates set up you can go to neutralzonestudios.com pick a date sign up come on down it's all free of charge to walk through those sets where we shot our series where 40 other fan productions have shot and uh, sit in the captain's chair, step up on the transporter pads and stand on Grant's plexiglass plates. Um, Walk into engineering. Yes. Oh, and I just and engineering. I can't wait to see the changes in engineering because that other wall from yes. the egg roll factory is gone. Yep, now. We have been I went down there a couple of months back and we demolitioned all of that. And uh, we're currently in the midst of tearing down the wall that was never there when we shot anyway, which will open up engineering for a lot of really great big camera shots. So, Oh, that's going to be magnificent. I am already planning on December because my birthday's in December. And so right. I'm telling all the radio stations, I've already stepped down from the hardware store. I couldn't handle three jobs. So I'm telling the radio stations, I'm going to Kingsland. I'm going to the Starship Enterprise in December because that's my favorite place in North America. Yes. And, you know, by then, Lost Starship will be out and you'll be a star. Watch it on the main viewer. Yes, you could. Oh. You could. Watch That'll party. Awesome. I'm, I'm Holly, uh, Radner, yeah. Greg, you guys got to go down there. Nick, you got to fly in from the other side of the world and you got to go there. It's the greatest place in yeah, all of you North America. Any, if you have any nostalgic love for Star Trek in your life, nothing will ever compare. It is like stepping into a dream. It, 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 is, it is like nothing you will ever experience. It, and it's so wonderful watching people's faces when those red doors open up, you, crying, laughing, swearing. <laughs> 
<laughs> dancing. <laughs> yeah, everything. <laughs> it's breathtaking. And, and to live through each walkthrough and live through each person who sees it for the first time, it never ceases to amaze me. And I'm not even you. I can't even begin to imagine how awesome it must be to see it through your eyes. Yeah, I, you know, when I when I rented that building, it was just an empty warehouse. It was a slab of concrete. And we went down there and spray, you know, did all the measurements and spray painted the outlines of all the rooms and the corridor and everything and started building. And even now, when I walk in there, it's like coming home to my baby and, uh, and nothing gives me more joy than to see it through the eyes of people that come to visit for the first time. Neutral Zone Studios, and it's in Kingsland, Georgia. Go on Facebook, go on the internet, look up Neutral Zone Studios. Everyone involved wants to see you there. Kingsland, Georgia is 25 minutes from the Jacksonville, Florida airport. It is an E, it's very easy to get to. It's a great little town, plenty of hotels, restaurants, everything you would want, nice little town. And uh, we love that little city. And it's, you know, you fly into Jacksonville and pop right up 95, yep. 20 minutes from there. Yeah. As soon as I get off the airplane, I go straight to Enterprise. <laughs> I get the car and then I go. <laughs> so, yep. Well, thank you guys. I guess. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad that the fan appreciation weekends came up here at the end. And you mentioned Cameo before. That brings me, folks, to the promotion that we're running with Aaron Cloutier of YourCustomJingle.com. That's YourCustomJingle.com. What is he doing just for you guys for being such supportive listeners of Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast? He will write for a lucky winner picked out of a lottery from our email at sttupodcast at gmail.com. He will write you a personalized Star Trek song. So, do you want your song to be about Star Trek Continues? Aaron can do that. You email us, you tell us what part of Star Trek you want the song to be about. Put in all the details, he will write you the song. Do you want it to be about the Borg? Yes. Do you want it to be about Ponfar? Do you want it to be about the Zindi or the Dominion? Aaron will write that for you. And we can't wait to uh, get all your submissions coming in because the deadline is July 1st. Get your submissions in by July 1st. If that isn't enough, Aaron, who writes personalized jingles and personalized songs for just for listeners of this podcast, if you put in the code Star Trek 20, he will take 20% off a regular personalized song. So do oh. you have someone that you have feelings for and want to get it out in song form? Is there a birthday coming up? A any special occasions you want to write a song for? Or do you really like scrambled eggs and you want the world to know and you want to do it in song form? Get your submission in. Cartney already Cloutier. wrote that one. Yes, yes. Scrambled eggs. You want to get, oh, my baby. I How was, I love your legs. And I wasn't even thinking of that. I just, just <laughs> came out. But yes, you want a, a, your own scrambled egg songs, not McCartney. You want your own. Send it into yourcustomjingle.com. So that's yourcustomjingle.com. And on Twitter, follow him at your custom jingle, but that's at YR custom jingle. And again, the submission uh, deadline is uh, July 1st. So get your submissions in 
for your own personalized Star Trek song. We'd like to thank Vic Mignano once again. Ken, Holly, Martin. Martin, you had a final thing to say? Yeah, one last thing. You mentioned music. Go on Amazon, buy Vic's book of music. Oh, oh wow. We didn't even talk songs. about that, did we? Great song. Well, there's always another time. Um, yeah. And next show, we are going to do a full movie review of Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan with uh, John Seymour is coming back, who was a non-Trek fan who watched the Space Seed for the very first time. Well, now he is watching the follow-up Wrath of Khan. He'll be back. And Kyle Bain will be back after his introduction to Star Trek with uh, The Undiscovered Country, our podcast namesake. So that'll be a good one. Until next time, we're going to end transmission now. Hand it back over to Dan Martin, where he can tell you where to find the team. Good night, everybody. Take care, everybody. Thank you for listening to Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. Find our team members, Greg Vorob, on Facebook, G-R-E-G-V-O-R-O-B, on YouTube at Greg Vorob, on Twitter at Greg underscore Vorob. Also, check out MSV Podcast Presents The Fake and the Whimsy. Daniel Hawley on Facebook, H-U-L-L-E-Y, and on Twitter at Bland underscore Dull underscore Don't. Ken Radner on Facebook, K-E-N-R-A-D-N-E-R. And me, Dan Martin, at BasemanDanMartin3700 on YouTube. Find this podcast on Facebook at the groups Star Trek Fans United and Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. Like us on Facebook at Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. On Twitter at STTU Podcast. Or shoot us an email to sttupodcast at gmail.com. Thank you once again for listening to Star Trek The Undiscovered Podcast. And until next time, live long and prosper. <laughs>